Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, where our hearts are our masters. Your hosts are Nancy L. Hopkins and Walt Silva. Producing the show is Colleen Kelly. The theme song is called Disturbance, and it's written and performed by Renate Jet and Jet Music. You are listening to Wolf Spirit Radio at wolfspiritradio.com. Emotionally undercover for a lover overdressed. The cycle is created long before you start to think that the blink is your decision, what you do. No clue for the food fighter. I guess we're live, yes? Yes, Yes, you are live. Okay, hi. Um, This is Cosmic Reality Radio Show. My name is Nancy Hopkins. You're listening to a Haggy Shack production. It's simulcast over Wolf Spirit Radio. Um, We've got, uh, we may have technical difficulties simply because we've got um, Max Ivy with us tonight with, uh, and he's on a train. So we're, this is a new one for us. Um, so we'll 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 try to well, well you know how we are we only wing it, and it is December twentieth, twenty sixteen, and Walt Silva, my co-host, is here, and we have another guest, Jan Jan Moore, who introduced Maxwell to us, and Max is actually known as the blind blogger. What's happening right now is that um, he's on a train. Because he won for his writing a uh, a ticket anywhere he wanted to go, so he decided he was going to go to New York City. Um, I'm I we've had him on uh, the Say What Show on Saturday, and he is just a very inspiring story to tell. He's an inspiring man, and he's a very brave man because he is blind on a train going to New York City at Christmas time. <laughs> And New Year's, he'll be there for New Year's, too. So um, without taking too long for this, I just want to say, Walt, how are you doing tonight? Oh, and Colleen Kelly is producing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colleen. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, Walt, how are you doing? Hello, good evening, Nancy. You're doing well. Hello, Colleen. Hello, dear guests. Thank you for coming here. Great to meet And most, most important of all, hello, dear audience, because you are the bestest. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Jan, you're here, um, and you're going to, um, I'm going to let you start out and ask Max what he's doing and how he's doing, and we'll see what it goes with you two talking to one another. You sound good? Yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> putting okay. me in the hot seat right. again. <laughs> I, I am putting you in the hot seat, but um, Max, do you have any ability to mute your mic when you aren't on? Uh, well, we seem to be getting much better reception now, so let me see just a second here. Let's see if I can hold up. If you can't, we'll work through it. But if, if it's something you can do, then uh, we probably should. If you want a ticket to anywhere, why didn't you choose a ticket to Antarctica? Tell us what, what's going on. Well, he had to be on a train. Oops, we just lost him. <laughs> he disconnected. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. Shall okay. I talk a little bit more about what he what he's won? Uh, just to yes, yes, exactly. yes, explain it to us, please. Good. Yeah, um, Max took his life in his hands and applied for an Amtrak writing in residency com- competition. Um, 
he was a little bit unsure about going ahead with it to begin with because he has written a couple of books, but he he, he wasn't sure if he was going to be successful. And then he read a comment by somebody who said, what a pity that you choose only people who are already successful. And this really spurred him on to think, well, I don't want to let that kind of belief stand in my way, so I'm going to apply for it. And... Um, he submitted a section of a book he'd already written and the wonderful news that he got was that he had been chosen as one of 24 winners to take this trip, the trip of his choice on Amtrak uh, railway. And despite a lot of concern by his family about the prospects of his, of him traveling alone, um, he's gone ahead. He's, he's had the courage to, really go for this and step out of his comfort zone and have the trip of a lifetime and with the intention of writing a book about this and potentially even uh, a movie because you know by choosing to travel alone I think this story is going to be so so much more powerful than if he had gone with a support team because it's really showing what is possible for people rather than being put off by fears and doubts and all those limiting beliefs. So I don't know if we've got Max back yet, have we? But uh, that I, was to I give a I'm little here. bit of background. I yeah, you I'm are, here. Max. Can you all hear me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's a, it's a, it's a great introduction you just gave there because for one very important reason when I first started writing a book about experience. My editor who's been with me on my first book said, Max, you're you're not a travel writer. Doesn't mean the focus of start. It's going to be where or how you get there, it's going to be the mindset and the challenges that you have to overcome along the way. And as you mentioned with me, a lot of it has been people in my circle projecting their own fears onto me. And uh, trying to just stay, uh, not allow these people to impact my Okay, uh, Colleen, I'm I'm getting a lot of breakups. Can you hear me at all? We're, no. We're, well, we're breaking up. We can hear part of it, and it breaks up, and then it gets good for a few moments, and then it starts breaking up really badly again. Yeah, I'm very sorry. Um, I really appreciated y'all finding the time and inviting me to come on, and I really wanted to do it. I just don't know if we can, so... Okay, listen, um, let, let's do this, Max. Let's do this. When we hear that you're you're breaking up bad, okay, we're going to say you're breaking up bad because it's coming in and out. 
Okay, and oh, we'll yeah. just wait, and and Jan will say something, or I'll say something, just in you know for a little bit, and then you might come back again. Let's just—it's important enough, but let's get to the to what you're really doing right now, which you're on the train right now, and you're on your way to New York. So you know what the message you want to get across to the people right now. See if we can't get that out at least, and then and we'll we'll do our best. Well, that's one of the things all of us are really good at is doing our best um but yeah the, the message is to uh to step outside your comfort zone even when the people are around you don't be in your vision don't have faith in you and even worry about your safety and your Okay, we're we're yeah. yeah we're having too much trouble here. Okay, let me try, okay. one, more, let me try uh, one more thing, y'all. Give me just okay. Let's try one more thing, y'all. Perhaps we're going to need to find a time when he's not actually moving and and, and hear the story <laughs> then when he's actually got to one of his destinations. <laughs> Yeah, well, with the Wi-Fi the way it is, I kind of figured it would be right on the train, but he got on a train that doesn't have it. So there you go, boys and girls. Um, listen, yeah. uh, <clears throat> let me think. Uh, um, tomorrow, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, are you going to be on a train moving someplace? Yeah, I'm going to be be on the train tomorrow, and then I get off the train at uh, – Roughly two o'clock on Thursday, so this evening. All right, well we, beyond when y'all usually do your show. Okay, what we'll do is we will connect. We will get you on, and um, what we're going to do right now is I understand that you did send some Facebook um, videos. Is that true, Jan? Did you see them? I didn't see them, but somebody told me he had. No, I didn't see them actually. Oh, you didn't see me either? <laughs> okay. No. We won't go there then. <laughs> oh, Max. Um, all right, we will get with you, darling, and we'll bring you back when, when we can have a good conversation with you. Uh, At least we... I feel really bad about this, and, you know, y'all have been great to me, and uh, I will look forward to a time when we can do this because I honestly expected to have Wi-Fi. <laughs> Well, you know, if it's not time, it's not time. So, you know, we'll... have, you're supposed to have it, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's Mercury retrograde. I just hope I ain't costing you money, is all. That's the, that's the base. I know that it's a lot of effort to put these shows on, so I feel bad when things don't work out. Hey, Max, it's a free ticket for crying out loud. What'd you want? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I really I really wanted you to talk to Walt because he lived in New York City for I don't even know how long and I figured he yeah. uh, you might have fun talking to him but um All right, well give him my number and tell it it's uh and tell him to give me a call. I I've, I've been talking on this phone all day uh by the phone number. It's only since I've been trying to go on Skype that I've had trouble with it. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, sweetie. Thanks so much. Be safe. All right, thank uh, you. God bless y'all. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.
Bye. Okie dokie. So, um, that's too bad. I really, I was really wanting to hear the story. He has also done a summit. Did, do you know any more about that, Jan? Um, just that it was um, a summit talking about um, what to do to get yourself on radio shows, actually, because um, Max actually uh, does promote people um, because of his own experience of getting uh, interviewed on radio shows. He now helps other people to get interviewed on radio shows. And he actually does that for me, which has been really successful. So um, he was really... On the summit, I don't know what the title of the summit was, but he was talking about really how how people can get onto shows to get known, to get you know to promote the business and so on. So he's really doing well at, at, at that. I think he mentioned that on the show that we were we did a week or so ago. That uh, he he is being really successful promoting other people and inspiring other people. So that's where he's put his focus now. Or some of, a lot of his focus, shall I say. Yeah, he's, he's very inspirational. But um, we will get him back. Um, I'm not sure when or how, but we will. Well, I know how. Colleen will produce us. <laughs> that's how. <laughs> um, I think once he's got to New York, which I think he was saying was Thursday, who's then going to be in situ for a while. So I think that will probably be an opportunity for him to then tell us about the whole journey journey there without actually being in motion. So that probably stands a much better chance of getting a good reception. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> um, okay, so um, Walt, our guest tonight is Jan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Walt, how are you? Oh, you mean the, the disabled Jan Moore? The one who Mom, was a computer? <laughs> What'd you say? The one, the one with a broken computer that only boots in safe mode? Oh. What do you mean? Yes. I just put a post on actually about how technology is such an energy vampire because um, that's why I mentioned Mercury retrograde because my computer, it didn't go down on on Thursday, it just didn't come up, <laughs> and um, it. The only thing I could do was to work in safe mode, and I've actually spent a couple of hours at the local library with our techie there, who's who's been helping to um, get it back into a better operational mode. I mean, I ran everything that I could think of, and thanks to your recommendation and. Walt and his, I've put Norton Security on it now, and I'm, it's in the process of running a deep scan, and I think it's up to about three quarters of a million items at the moment. Mm. <laughs> so, but it's just been a really time-consuming exercise, not just to um, try and rectify the problem. And you know, I'm fortunate in being probably more technical than most, having an IT background, but I've also been trying to get a replacement because. You know, it's one of those things I've intended to replace it for some time and kept putting it off. So the universe said, well, come on, we're going to kick you up the butt and take it away. So you've got no alternative. But having done research into finding the best thing within the budget that I have, I thought I'd cracked it. And it was literally on its way, only to find that because we're still 
in we're still in in an RV park at the moment in just outside Durango because we haven't actually got a permanent place here yet. They won't deliver to this address, so the order was cancelled this afternoon, and I'm back to square one again. So I, I think viewers didn't the, agree that that my choice is the right the, one. Can't they just deliver to the local post office? You can do that. No, they won't do that either because I've got a PO box there. Um, they wouldn't do that, so it's interesting. No, I've seen cases, not a post office, but. They uh, they allow uh, deliveries to the post office itself. So whoever's at the desk signs for it and puts it aside until the person goes and pick it up. That's what happened oh, really? when I shipped a very large item to a person in California. It didn't oh, really? go. Yeah, even though she has a post office, it was it was two boxes and it was too huge to go anywhere near the post office. So all she did was notify the post office. I've ordered this. It will be showing up, you know, on such an estimated date. And as long as they're aware of it, you know, it arrives, somebody signs for it, and then you just go over there and you talk to the people on the desk. You know, did you get, you know, such and mm. such, and, and you just retrieve it from the post office. Right, yeah, that's... Um, this person lives in the middle of the country, so <laughs> she doesn't have any choices. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, in, in this area, in the Durango area, Durango has so little in terms of, you know, the kind of store that you go into and actually find a computer. We've got Office Depot, which has hardly anything, and Walmart, and that's about it, really. So oh. unless you have, you know, you want, you're prepared to travel for miles... Um, you're really reliant on online. So, anyway, we'll mm. see what the universe has in store. Perhaps it's the, got something else entirely. Have, uh, this techie fellow didn't have an installation DVD that he could have used for you? Well, we tried that. I took it to Office Depot. And mm. um, the thing is, I didn't want to wipe everything back. No, no, no. Nothing. That's not... Uh, no, we tried a recovery disc and everything. Wiping um, the, uh, the drive was never uh, the intention. What happens is you, that your machine has Windows 10 or another version? No, it's Windows 7 still. Okay, Windows 7, when you boot off of the disc, it, be, it becomes aware that there's an existing version of Windows on the hard drive. So it gives you a menu with choices. One of those choices is do you wish to repair your existing installation? So it scans to see what's missing, what's damaged, what's not working, and it rebuilds all that. And that's a very good option to, to use when you don't have a restore point. That's why yeah, I, I did actually, I did actually do a Windows repair, and it didn't come up with anything. And what was happening? It was booting up to the point of having the desktop and all the icons and everything. It just wouldn't run anything. And what we did today, I hope this isn't boring the listeners actually because it's not meant <laughs> to be a technical support show. But we uh, we reloaded, um, uh, reinstalled Java and reinstalled Flash, um, which seemed to be holding up quite a few things. And it's actually running a lot better. So we'll see what happens after this uh, this um, Norton Deep scan that I'm currently doing. You never know, it might be back in in action again, and I don't need a new computer just now, so we'll have to see. But uh, it's it's been very, very 
uh, time consuming let's put it that way and distracted me completely from what I'd planned to do which was put some programs together for the new year but hey ho you have to go with the flow don't you so acceptance that's it it's the only way to go yeah um (laughs) for most people you can get a hold of Walt Silva and he can do what we don't want to do because that's what I do I just so, Walt, something's wrong with the computer. And he can come over the Internet in most cases and be able to uh, see what's happening. So if you don't want to go completely berserk and, um, you know, he, he he's not that expensive. He, he charges, but it's it's comparable to anybody else out there and probably cheaper. So it's part of the game. You, you know, you either... Learn how to do it yourself, or you bite the bullet and you pay somebody, but you get somebody that you can trust, and I trust Walt. So I'm just well, suggesting. Absolutely. Yeah, Not I did actually. I mean, you know enough. I mean, I... Well, you say that, but I'm not an expert on operating systems at all. I mean, I can follow instructions that I find online and things, but I'm not that savvy with all the ins and outs. And I did actually contact Walt on the Thursday night to say can you get into my computer because I'd really like you to help me out with this but because it was only in safe mode at the time he said he couldn't actually uh, connect in remotely to it so gave me a few tips through Facebook Messenger but but you never know I'll see how it goes I mean if it's a lot better and it can run that remote remotely in you know, actually booted up properly, which it was doing a lot better today. You never know, I might be calling on you again, Walt. In my case, all I want to know, the instructions I want to hear is where do I put the key? <laughs> That's all. <laughs> you know, I'm a driver. I'm not a fixer. I don't want – I'm over it, you know. But anyway, um, so let's uh, let's figure out what might be of interest. The one thing that we should mention is that – they did do the electoral college vote, and um, Donald Trump is officially going to be the next president. There's no way that there's anything in, uh, let's say, established um, procedure that would keep him from being uh, president. So that happened. Um, Jan, what 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 do the people over there in in your family over in Great Britain? What are they thinking about this, or don't you talk about it? Well, I don't have a lot of contact with my family, but we won't go there because that's a whole other story. But you know, from the people in in the UK, um, I think they were a lot of them were kind of watching with horror the possibility of of Donald Trump, which at the time I was. Um, because of the way that the media was actually portraying him. But, uh, and I think, you know, there has been a lot of international concern over the fact that he, he was so outspoken and in ways that offended a lot of people during the run-up to the election. But as we said on the show that we did a few weeks ago, um, you know, when I, when you stand back and look at the big picture, rather than at, the kind of 3D impression of what's going on, it actually makes perfect sense because to have somebody elected who's been part of the political system, the kind of the the <laughs> in-house incumbents, as it were, for years, you're not, you're not going to change anything. 
because you need something to come in from outside to literally, you know, throw everything up in the air. And that seems to be what Donald Trump is intent on doing by not falling into the kind of same tram lines that every recent president has um you know, gone gone in line with literally, and of course with with the UK, there's still um, there's still a lot of controversy about the Brexit vote, and about um, you know you've got one side that wants to delay or stop it, and another side that wants to speed it up. So, you know, there are a lot of parallels there. I think in terms of really bringing to the surface a lot of the stuff that just needs fixing. So I think they've got a lot of their own issues to deal with. But um, to me, I just intuitively felt very relieved, even though I wasn't a a Donald supporter as such, when I heard the results, Um, which I think is a good sign because I believe in my intuition. And I, I'm not familiar being a, a Brit and not really being involved with the politics or understanding it particularly well, as I don't have a vote uh, over here. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm not familiar with a lot of the people that Donald has chosen as his, um, you know, to, to bring into his administration. So I've relied on Bill rather to... Um, enlighten me as to the different roles but you know I think a lot of people get very reactive about well he's you know he's picked so and so and he's got this record of so and so and everything else but to me it seems like you know keep your friends close and your enemies closer and if he's in a position to influence people away from sabotaging or um actually promoting what is absolutely not in our best interests, then that to me is actually positive in itself. So uh, I know there was a lot of... Only time's going to show us because I agree that, you know, just as fearful as you can become, you can be just as hopeful. You know, we've underestimated the guy. He, he, he now is going to be president of the United States. Who would have imagined this, you know, six months ago? Nobody. Uh, no, absolutely. And, you know, that in itself, to me, uh, really underscores that there is a bigger thing at work here because... Um, not only what were his chances in a fair election, but what were his chances in in an environment where there is so much propaganda and, you know, you almost felt because Hillary is one of the part of the establishment that that somehow by come hell or high water, she'd end up being elected. But so much has been exposed during that process. I think that in itself, the fact that Hillary stood, has actually had a great benefit in exposing a lot of this. And this is the thing, you know, it comes back to this whole thing about neutrality. How can I find something positive about any situation and really focus on that and the outcome that we want? And that, in effect, is creating it, as, as, you, as you well know, 
Nancy. Well, um, Walt asked, he said, has Jan heard about what Simon Parks has said about the election? Um, have you? Well, actually, why don't we let not Walt, recently? Okay, yeah, let, recently. Let, let Walt explain what what Simon said because it's really fascinating. Walt. Uh, yes, okay. we um, we were with Nancy on this past Sunday where, when we do the Simon Says show after Simon does his two hours where he does a small status update and then he answers questions from the listening audience. And then we come after that show with Nancy and we discuss, you know, back and forth. We share and we have opinions about the things that he said. And when he did his status report at the beginning of the show, he listed what he considers successes. And he, he said, for example, the, the Brexit book, he considered that a success for the UK to break out of the uh, European Union. And he says for the U.S., the the, uh, the winning of the election by Trump, he called that another success because, and here he repeated himself something that he said in the previous show that if uh, Clinton had won, he says within three months' time, you the whole world would have witnessed some thermonuclear explosion somewhere in the world. I don't know what target they would have chosen, but you would have seen it. And he was emphatic on that, and he he said he wasn't joking or exaggerating. He says that's that was on the on their work table, you know, part of their plans. So he considered that a success. Um, so he was emphatic about it because he, um, and this is something that he also said in another show is that they're scared of Trump because he's not a member of the club. He's not a cabal member. <laughs> yes, so, exactly. And and that that <clears throat> aligns very much with um, what Nancy originally posted on Cosmic Reality, I think it was, about the Starfire Tour um, research into timeline shifts, that had we gone down a timeline with Hillary Clinton as president, that would have led to nuclear disaster, whereas on the Trump timeline, it actually prevents that from happening. So interesting to see the same information coming through different channels. Well, another interesting thing that, that um, I was on Skype with Dolly Howard and Dave Corso showed up. And Dave Corso is dead. Um, uh, he comes to... To, he comes to a lot of people ever since he passed. As a matter of fact, he said that night, he said he was glad he had passed over because he was so much more effective in helping people from that side than he was even as a, a radio host and an owner of a radio station. So um, Dave came in, and we're going to play that tape on Christmas Eve this coming Saturday. Is that right? Christmas Eve is this coming Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We're going to play the four hours. It's going to go through Dolly's show, um, Dilly Dallying with Dollywood, Dolly World, and say what? We're, that, that time frame. We're going to play this recording. Um, and Dave, Dave told, I mean, it was four hours, four hours. <laughs> and he was talking through, Dolly talks to him. She can hear him. It's not like channeling. It's not like she gets trancy and says stuff. No, she's having a conversation. And um, many, many people have heard her when he shows up when she's on radio. He's talked to, to a, a, a lot of 
different people, not just in the wolf spirit community, but people that he knew in other places. So he just, and he said, it was so, so fascinating because he, we thought, okay, Dave orchestrates things. We've seen him do it before. And Dolly and I just stumbled into the conversation. She accidentally called the group. I was the only one in the group that saw it. And then it went right down. And so I thought, well, they're calling. So I call her, and, and she's like, what have I done now? Now what is this voice? And I'm yelling, it's me. It's me, Dolly. And so we were absolutely manipulated into being on Skype. And then... We ended, and Dave shows up, and it turns out to be a four-hour conversation. And he said to us, no, I did not orchestrate this. It was the angels. He said the angels did it, and they got me here too. So um, right from the get-go, it was magical. But the, when you really know that you're talking to spirit, is <laughs> when they say something that absolutely shocks you. You know, you go, what? And that's what happened when um, we asked him about the coming year, 2017. And um, I don't know if I, if either of us named Trump in particular, or he was just we were just general. But he said regarding Trump, nobody here on this side, meaning the side, the transitional side across the veil, uh, where dead people hang out, and. Well, they don't hang out there. I should make that call. Okay, I'm, I'm talking to them. What happens is that when you get to the other side, when you transition to the other side, one day, I think it was Dolly asked him what he was supposed to be doing, and he said, oh, I, I'm supposed to be deciding what I'm going to do next. And he said, I decided I wasn't going to decide, and I'm going to hang out here. So where Dave hangs out is not exactly where most people that pass to the other side you know, end up. They they go on. He just decided that he want, he was very intent on on being here and continuing to be of service to people, and so that's that's his decision. He's he's there for the duration. As long as we need him, he's there. So he but he said he said regarding Trump, nobody on this side of the veil. He didn't say the veil, but he said on this side is. I think he said over there. Because remember, he's saying something, sending telepathic communication to Dolly. And then Dolly has to try to make sure that she's saying it right. And sometimes she'll turn to him. She always turns. I mean, she knows exactly where he is. She sees him. And, and she'll, she'll say, you have to say that differently. I'm not sure I understand it. So he says, regarding Trump, nobody over here knows for sure who will occupy the Oval Office. Now, that's a pretty big statement that even over there, they're not sure who will. And we don't even know because we weren't, we weren't asking. We weren't doing a very good interview. We were just, like, blown away by the stuff he was telling us. And so it, it it's like we don't even know what he means by occupy the Oval Office, you know. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean presidency? Does that mean that Trump is not going to move in there? He's going to stay at Trump Towers and it's going to be a vacant office? It didn't feel like that. It felt like they did not know who was going to be in charge. And he wouldn't, he said, he also said at one point, he said, there are things that he does know. 
but he won't tell us. And and he said, no, I won't tell you that many, many times. And that's because he said, we're here to learn. And if you keep getting given the answers, you're not doing a very good learning job. So, you know, there's more to it. I feel like there, there's more to it. And I also feel sometimes that anytime you're dealing with spirit, it's almost like you're you're in a riddle, you know. We're going to show you this, and we're going to show you that. And what do you think of this over here? Uh, how do you put those together? How do you make the puzzle come together? Anyway. It's very symbolic as well, rather literal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, There is a lot of activity, you know, on the alternative side, talking about Nasara and, the, you know, the reinstatement of the Republic and everything else, and that... The, Trump's going to stand down and Paul Ryan's going to be the president and blah, 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 blah. And that's all going to happen before the January inauguration. So perhaps, and, and a lot of it is dependent on the takedown of the cabal and what's going on there. And, of course, I know you're familiar with David Wilcott and what he puts out. And so I think there's an awful lot going on in the background it's not just as straightforward as the foreground of, well, was Hillary going to, you know, get her, um, get elected by the Electoral College or through the, the exposure of some electoral um, manipulation. But there's a lot more going on than just that. And I think it's, it's too soon to judge, really. And a lot of it has to happen behind the scenes and has to happen in such a way that the eventual outcome doesn't cause an uprising by those who have really been blind to the reality of things in the first place. So I'm kind of doing my usual suspending judgment <laughs> and, and having my intention, but just waiting to see what unfolds. Well, Dave did point out that the decision about what was going to happen did lay with the human beings. That they had to, it was wherever their energy went, their focus went, that's where the energy would flow. So what you got happening is that if you, it's, it's like you say, if you suspend your, not only, not, not only your opinions, but suspend your storytelling. Because right now, there's a, like you say, there's so many different stories going on. There's so many versions of what could happen. And when Starfire Tour did her thing with trying to, uh, change her, or let's, let's say, in, uh, enhance the possibility of a certain timeline winning, it was not done by, let's vote for Trump. That was not, it was, Trump was not in it, Hillary was not in it. What they were focusing on was what they what they believed was needed in a leader, compassion, you know, insight. I don't even know what all the all the specifications were, but they voted for what they wanted in a leader. So right now, if you see something happening, watch it. Just just watch it as a story that may or may not become the reality because reality is what we think it is. But as far as trying to 
play the war game of thought, <laughs> thought warfare. Don't try to, because I'm talking to myself at the same time. Don't don't try to actually write a storyline that has got all the characters and all the details in it, because you're not going to get any momentum. There's just too many storylines going. Plus, you might not get it right. There's too many variables. But if you put your intentions and your thought thoughts into how you want to feel, you know, I want to feel safe. I want to feel secure. I want to feel like the human beings are not fighting each other, that we live in a peaceful, cooperative environment. You know, all the good things that you want to see. If you put your thoughts and your intentions and your energies and your emotions into that, the chances are whatever happens is going to be a story that nobody even thought about. I think you're absolutely right there, Nancy, because I think the the issue is that, you know, it comes back to this whole um, principle of personal power. And it, an election is a perfect ex- example of people believing they have to give put they they have to give their power away to whoever is running for office, that that's that's the only uh, influence that they have in terms of the ballot box, whereas, you know, that power of intention and manifestation in terms of a much higher outcome, regardless of who delivers it, is really what is going to change things significantly, actually investing a lot of attachment and focus on a single person to deliver us out of the current state of affairs globally, you know, is is very misguided in my view. Do you believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> well, I've just watched the Santa Claus and Miracle on 34th Street, so I have to say yes. <laughs> uh, it's sort of like, well, it was something, see, Simon Simon was really his show this Sunday was really good. Um, one of the questions, or I don't even know, I don't even know what the question was, but his answer was like he says, "I, I, how did he put it? He get he gets um, uh, irritated, but sort of, but that wasn't the word he used. But he gets irritated with people who say they believe in archangels, but don't believe in fairies and gnomes and you know jinn." Okay. Now, that was another thing that that happened with Dave, you know. I said, you know, do these things exist? And and before I even finished the question, Dolly was laughing. She's going, oh, yes, he's very excited. Yes, yes, he's saying, yes, they all exist. And then he goes on and he explains, you know, certain aspects of these different uh, nature creatures. But, But right now, it's almost like... In order for us to take this new step in evolution in our consciousness, in our growth, we have to believe in Santa Claus. We have to believe that there are other energy forms that exist simultaneous with us, that we may or may not see them because of the way that we believe. Now, if you, if you don't believe in them, they're still there. If you believe in them, then you set up a frequency in your mind that will allow you to see them. And that's what, what uh, Simon was talking about, too. 
So it's almost like if if you think in terms of that, that it, you've got to be able to believe that magic happens. Then you look at this weird political 3D situation and you look at it from a little bit different angle and you go, I'm sorry, boys and girls, it was magical that Donald Trump won the election. I, I mean, I've watched elections for an awful long time and I've studied them ever since John Kennedy ran. I was, he came from Massachusetts. That's where I grew up. I got interested early. So when, when you're studying the politics and you see what happened on election night, I just kept laughing because it was one preposterous situation after another that would have to occur for Trump to win this or that state, and it kept happening. It was magic. Now, where was the magic coming from? I think it was coming from all those people out there that just so desperately want to change. They know something's wrong. And they want to change. And they're very powerful. They're creating magic with their thoughts. I just want change. They don't put any stipulations on it. They don't say, I want, uh, you know, I don't know, Ben or her to come back and I want him to be present. They don't put a storyline on it. They just put this, this emotion and intention in, I want to change. And they created a change. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but they also demonstrated the power of thought. Well, I think the whole thing is magical. If you if you go back, not just to the election night, but you know, the fact that these are the two candidates that you had. I mean, I said on several occasions, God, there are thirty three million people in in the U.S. How on earth have we ended up with these two candidates? But they were perfect for actually stimulating this desire for change even more than it than it already existed because you know it was bringing so much to the surface and you know the the outcome was brilliant because it's it shook so many people up and that's what's needed at the moment you know to be asleep in the status quo is not what's going to take us to a different uh earth different world and I mean, I I believe there is a higher purpose to this, and that we are steered in the direction of the cosmic changes that are going on at the moment. And we might not be aware of that, but I think we are given these evolutionary catalysts to move us in that direction. And yeah, we can choose how to perceive that, how to perceive the situation and interpret it and you know as I said before I've been quite very surprised at the number of people in the spiritual community who have been so almost hysterical about the outcome of the election which doesn't reflect the way that they present themselves in consciousness and so on. And um, I think it's it's actually shaking people up to walk their talk. You know, you're being tested here. There's an exam here before you move to the next level of 
you might say that you um, believe in a conscious approach and you believe in this and you believe in that and I'm going to give you a situation that enables you to prove that in practice rather than just talking about it. Um, I mean, I don't know how you, what you think about that, Nancy, but I've seen this personally on a number of occasions that say, okay, you say you, you, you're going to be like this. Here's a situation in which, you know, I'm going to see how you actually behave under these circumstances. And, and not only from a test point of view, but we're given these opportunities to practice our skills of detachment, of consciousness, of non-judgment, of not falling into anger and aggression and all these other things. And unless we get the opportunity to practice that, we're never going to get better at reaching those higher levels of consciousness. Agree. <clears throat> Walt, are you there? Are you ch chatting? Have you been paying attention? Yeah, I'm here. <clears throat> what would you like to contribute to this? What do you, how do you see it? Well, the, this whole well, it's the, it's the thing that we were saying, you know, after the uh, the Simon show. Uh, it's the the same phenomena that's being that's happening with the Standing Rock. Uh, people are waking up. It's just they can't stop it. You know, years ago they kept everybody asleep with the media, with everything. Um, uh, it's an avalanche. It's people started waking up, and whether they like it or not, there's no way to stop it. Uh, not in the in the past, you know, people used to, you know, buy everything that the media would serve you with a spoon. Now they're not. They're questioning everything, absolutely everything. And you know, you, so you see this this thing with Standing Rock. People are saying, I mean, they don't care about the cold. <laughs> they're still there. And. Uh, I remember one of the things that you said after the the popular vote on the election what was that um, it wasn't that they were voting for Trump is that they were choosing not to have Hillary <laughs> which and that's a conscious thing that's a conscious action so people are not voting asleep they were voting awake you know this is what is going to happen um, also you remember at the time Around the time pre previous to the election, they were circulating all these uh, articles around the the web of the uh, the the, the uh, Hillary clones. Remember, in one of the shows you spoke about, you know, all the different Hillarys you'd seen. Uh, Simon Parks himself spoke of the existence of the Hillary clone and how they couldn't do the the soul transfer because the original has this brain damage. Um, Parkinson's. Uh, now, who was it? Was it was it Simon who said? Because I, I missed that Simon show. Somebody was saying on the chat that she had that uh, brain illness, that kuru brain illness. That's what happens when you eat human flesh. Was that somebody? Oh, Jacob, the like the big uh, mad cow disease in humans, Jacob. I've forgotten the name of it now. I, I actually read an article about that as well. Jakob Kreutzfeldt disease. Oh. Did, Hillary, did Hillary has it? Yeah, because the symptoms that she was demonstrating were were indicative of that. 
You remember any more? That's a weird. <laughs> that's a weird thing. Um, you mean okay? All right. Let me give you some of the symptoms that I know of. That that seemingly these these tiny little uh, seizures where she would, you know, repeat a certain movement that she was doing. That was one of them. Um, the I don't know them all. Go on, but that was the one. That was the one that was so weird. You know, you see, you see almost everything else. But okay, when she collapsed and, and they had to put her in the car, I've done the same thing. You know, heat stroke. You know, you, 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 sometimes it's your blood sugar. I mean, a lot of things could have been involved there. Now they said she had pneumonia, but when she was having those, they got caught her on video, and you could tell the people around her thought that whatever she was doing was weird too. Do you remember that where it was like? you know, for maybe three or four seconds, but it was noticeable. I, I, I had never seen that before. Yeah, I can't. It was one of those serendipitous things that I was following a thread on Facebook, and it was somebody whose father, I think, had had, had Jakob, I think it's Jakob Kreutzfeldt, anyway, uh, I was trying to do a search on my Kindle, but my <laughs> internet's down again, <laughs> so I couldn't do that. Um, but I think some of the other things, um, as well as these seizures, is the rages. You know, these, and she's been documented by witnesses saying that she would fly into rages at people in her circle, um, really losing control completely. So. Um, here we are, Jakob. See if I can bring this up. <laughs> but I mean, she, you know, some of the background was talking about how you can um, actually c- contract this, and you know, we had this these incidents in in the UK of the. BSE, bovine thingy encephalopathy, and um, that introduced a whole lot of different rules as far as uh, what could be included in animal feed and how animals were supposed to be slaughtered. And according to this woman whose whose father, I think, was actually a butcher, um, saying that these um, there is no control over this and and the regulations can be circumvented uh, and were being doing so in terms of um, the food chain and the, 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 the way that big food produced meat um, and animal products actually was making this making people susceptible to contracting this disease um so she could have contracted it she could have contracted it but not because she was a cannibal (laughs) well (laughs) i mean didn't walt walt didn't you just say something about eating human flesh yeah in fact it was the uh i mentioned that when we spoke about this uh some shows ago that you 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 know for a fact that over the years they used the uh, X-Files series to release a lot of 
you know, it was like a soft disclosure. They, they, they used the series to reveal things that were happening without saying, this is happening in real life. You know that for a fact. And during the seasons of the, the when the original city, series aired, I don't know how many seasons they went for. There was one specific episode where, I don't know why, they, they were sent to this town to track down, uh, I don't know if it was a government agent or a government employee, it was some, there was some significance and they needed to find this particular man. And here they found this town, the whole town had been founded and run by this guy who owned the chicken factory where they, you know, they slaughter and process chicken meat. And the, one of the, the characters in the story is a, is a woman who introduced herself as the, the, she supposedly was the granddaughter or great granddaughter of the owner of the factory. She looked like somebody in her late 20s, but in reality, she was a lot older. And what Mulder ended up discovering, he, one of the things that, that they found is that the, the brook running through the town, when they started digging into the, into the bed of this, of this brook, it was full of human bones. And among them, they found a bone that had a metal plate because the guy that they were looking for had suffered a fracture. And looking at the serial number on the plate, they were able to isolate this this bone belonged to the guy that they were looking for. And I don't think well, I like this story. Well, <laughs> the other thing, they, he found, I don't know why he entered the house of the old guy, the, the owner of the factory. Um, he had this, um, you know, these cabinets that are used for showing off knickknacks. They're all made of, they met, they're metal and glass. And they're like showcases, so you have these shelves made of glass, and you show... Okay, so what's the, in the shelves? What's in the thing? Okay. He's got pictures. You got pictures taken in Africa of this guy, the owner of the factory, but the picture is like in the 1800s. It's like it's impossible that he could be still alive and still look the way he looks. And so he started realizing that this guy picked up this habit of eating human flesh, having spent time with a particular tribe in, in Africa. And, and it kept him younger? And it kept every, everybody in that family that owned the factory, it kept them young. But here's where the, the brain disease comes along. Uh, as you know, Scully is the medical doctor of the, of the pair, and the, the woman was exhibiting uh, hallucinations. Like, for example, she actually worked in the factory, and at one point when she's processing the chicken meat, instead of seeing I don't it, think I want to yeah. hear this. I don't want to hear any more of this story in the chicken meat. Okay. I can't well, no more. She's having hallucinations. And uh, Scully is the one that explains to Mulder that this is caused by the, the consumption of human meat that has been documented in Africa. So, you know, it's being shown, and it's a form of self-disclosure. They're showing, you know, people... This cannibalism exists. The cabal does it. I mean, that, why do you think I stripped out Fulford's, the picture that Fulford offered in one of his latest posts? I, I mean, the description was more than apt to for the, the reader to visualize what was happening in that particular party. So okay, that's why okay. we're at the top of the hour, and I'm just going to say this. Um, I don't know whether this stuff is true or not, but... I don't want to think about it. And I know that that sounds like I'm running from the truth, but
But the reality is, I just want to put my energy into it. If they're, if these people are doing that, well, they're lost souls. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, the evil keeps getting eviler and eviler and eviler. And when we come back, maybe we'll talk about Santa Claus or something. Colleen, have you got a song that we can put on? No. Thank you. I know, I know this stuff is, I know we have to know this stuff. It's just, I don't want to know this stuff. Okay. Listen, um, what's happening with Standing Rock? Do you know of any updates? I've just not even been there. Okay, they started the trials of the protectors who have been arrested over this last several months. I know the first group that went into court, the judge put it off until like the end of January. The judge is not allowing any video proof. There's to be no discussion of their sovereignty in that land. Blah, blah, blah. So it's good that it was put off a little bit so that the attorneys whom most have to get themselves because the courts have decided that they're not providing legal free counsel. So, it's <clears throat> lots of people are asking the judge to recuse himself um, and the prosecutors and everybody because everybody seems to be very into uh, investment or have some connection with the pipeline that might not be in the best interest of the judge job they're supposed to be doing. I'll put it that way. Uh, some more were supposed to go to court today, but I'm not sure how that turned out because I haven't had a chance to look. Uh, we're still... People are still trying to get them to let Red Fawn go because in looking at the videos, which they may or may not be able to present in court, clearly shows that the charges against her are trumped up. And that's what's going on as far as I know. There's still lots of people there. It's still very, very cold. They are getting firewood and some heaters and uh, all of that sort of thing. They're looking for some warmer tents like yurts or something. But they're still standing their ground. Um, there's been some drone footage of something going on at the drilling pad, but nobody's really sure what. You can see that the uh, backhoes have been in and out of there several times, so you don't know what they're using the backhoe for. Um, the, oh, what do you call it, flying over the airspace, they had uh, prohibited that, and now the FAA has lifted that ban, maybe because they don't have a jurisdiction over Native American land. I don't know, but they did lift it. But it's been 
Mm. Wind chill down 40 and 50 below. And some snow and stuff so they can't get the drones out um, like they would like to. The batteries don't last very long at all in that kind of cold. Plus, um, there's some evidence that their devices iPhones, iPads, smartphones, drones are all being interfered with technologically. Something called a stingray technology and other things like that are being brought into question. So that's what's going on. Pretty amazing how they keep... um showing their hand. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a blatant disregard for the laws, the Constitution, for whether or not you guys... I mean, they are trying really, really hard to block a lot of the audio and visual documentation of what is truly going on because their spin is completely different And that's, of course, on most mainstream media, um, which is exacerbating the whole Standing Rock versus the citizens of Bismarck and Mandan, I think is the other little town. Uh, So that's, you know, keeping that whole us versus them kind of thing going on instead of looking at, hey, what about what they're doing over here kind of thing, you know. So I'll shut up now and let you talk. No, 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 no. You're 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 a resource into Standing Rock. Um, it is a critical place to, you know, that we need to keep on top of it. Uh, things just get a little crazy at this time of the year, and they'll use that against everybody. You know, people are trying to have a a holiday season, and they'll just do as much as they can while you're not looking. We're not looking. Yep, it's all a shell game and distraction. Yeah. Now, Jan, do you know if in 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 Britain or your contacts over there, if they're aware of Standing Rock? Are you muted? Is Jan there? Am I here? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I muted when I had my bathroom break at the break. <laughs> so, yeah, um, what I was going to say is, um, I mean, obviously I've got quite a, a lot of friends on Facebook from the UK and quite a number of them are sharing the the posts that are being put out by Sunning Rock. So, you know, I've been seeing recognition of this from all over the world i mean you've got the hackers going on in new zealand for for standing rock you've got definitely in the uk people are aware of it i think it's become an international issue you know that people are really seeing the injustice i mean it's not just about whether or not the pipeline is built although that is a major issue and i notice you know, quite a bit of the media are just reporting it as um, the Sioux not wanting the pipeline to go under their water source. But in actual fact, it's it's a water source that, that supplies a huge proportion of the U.S. 
it's not just about the local impact, it's about the national impact, which... Well, that river, the Missouri, the Missouri River is supposed to flow into every river system in the U.S., everyone. Mm. That's surprising. Uh, and, and yet the, um, the media is making out that it's a local dispute, which it isn't. Um, but no, it's, because it's these also, are... I'm sorry, Jan. These disputes are all over this country and all over the world. And they've been taking the land away from indigenous people all over the world and chopping down their forests and polluting their waters all over the world. So, you know, and they're saying, you know, this is not just an indigenous versus pipeline thing this is humanity you know that we're fighting for it's for the generations to come for everyone so and i think it's also exposing the 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 treatment that is meted out to the people who are protesting against this and i think standing rock has been instrumental in making making that visible you know i'm sure the same thing happens to any protesters, I mean, I know, you know, just from reading things about um, South America and the rainforests and, you know, the indigenous uh, protesters there. But this, I think, is the first time it's really, again, it's brought it out into into plain sight, the brutality and the um, absolute lack of any humanity when it comes to these situations it's all about money it's all about money Um, so I think it's another example as we said about all these things being brought brought out into the open for people to then make a choice of you know which side of the line are they going to stand on and you see a lot of negative comments even about you know the girl that had her arm nearly blown off by that concussion grenade well she shouldn't have been there in the first place and she shouldn't this and she shouldn't that and I mean absolutely no empathy whatever um when I saw the video of the father talking about his you know she's 21 year old daughter with you know literally half an arm missing it's heartbreaking. I don't care what you say about, you know, the the politics behind it. Anybody who is suffering such a, a terrible wound when doing something with the best of intention is is just, as I said, heartbreaking. But you see, Jan, that's exactly why you get those kind of remarks from people. Because... These are, if they're not trolls, okay, they're real people. These people are confronting a horrible truth, an inconvenient truth. And they lash out uh, with, well, she shouldn't have been there. You know, because they can't, it's really, this goes very deep into the psyche of a lot of people. When they see in America, you know, people being pepper sprayed, being having the water on them in freezing temperatures, it's not getting by too many people, I don't think. Yeah, there's a bunch of them that are just listening to mainstream. 
But the amount of people that are on Facebook, and I don't think there's too many places on Facebook that you can get into a group that you're not going to hear about this. And it is getting more press. When we first started looking at this, I Googled it, and the only place I could find anything was British Broadcasting. There was nothing in the States, not even from alternative. You know, it was just starting up. And now, yeah, they had NBC, CBS, they all have to say something. It might not be the truth, but they have to say, they're at least acknowledging it's there. But I see this hate come out in these people, and then I readdress it, you know, the words are hateful, and then I readdress the energy, and it's fear. Oh, this can't possibly be true. She must have caused this herself. These people, these people couldn't have done that. It's impossible that human beings could do this to other human beings. Some people are going through some really dramatic, you know, in your face down the rabbit hole. Over Standing Rock, in particular. But every time, and, and that's why I said to Colleen, I said, well, they just keep playing their hands. And it's like, you know, oh, well, not only don't we care about, um, you know, what happened there, we don't care about telling the truth either. I mean, I cannot imagine anywhere in the United States that it's all right for somebody to say, a judge, to say, no, we've got a video uh, of a murder, but I'm not going to let it in. I mean, this doesn't even make common sense, and that's what, what we keep see seeing is that they keep doing things that don't even make common sense. Or really expose the agenda. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's a peculiar little situation there. Well, I think that a part of that is a lot of this stuff they've been doing for a long, long time. Not as blatantly. Matter of fact, most of it hidden. But when people find it out, the common attitude is, oh, this has been going on forever, so what? It's nothing any different. And so they kind of sweep it under the rug and just say, well, that's just the way politics is or whatever. But it's becoming not only more and more blatant, but they're taking larger steps using bigger weapons. And still, how many people are just sitting back going, oh, well, it's not me, you know? And I think that they're in a way, trying to test that line where people will stand up in huge, huge numbers and say, no more. Okay. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so because, yeah, cause, you know, we're at the no more point. We are. As a matter of fact, we're kind of almost past that point. In my no, opinion. Really. Isn't, no. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think well, it's all the tip of the iceberg, the tip of the spearhead, so to speak. You know, this is all indications in small mm, pictures, I think. And with the veterans coming into it and the human rights issue and the pollution of the earth, this is a whole lot more widespread issue, well, issues these are, than this right here. And um, 
I think as they keep showing their hands that it's going to get worse. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, I do like to step back and look at the big picture here. (laughs) You know, we, we talked about ascension, this whole ascension process of Gaia and humanity and everything else. And, you know, quite some time ago when I first became aware of this whole process, um, one of the things that I, uh, I think there was a movie that was made before 2012 talking about how that process might work. And I've seen it in other places as well, um, suggesting that we're going to have this division um, between those that choose to stay in 3D and that lower vibration, lower consciousness, and the people who actually ascend to the higher dimensions because they've chosen the higher consciousness of, you know, love and higher vibration, everything else. And, you know, what it seems to me is that we're, we're being presented with a whole series of scenarios in which we choose which which um which <laughs> which side of the line that we're actually going to move to um can you still hear me yes i hear you fine oh good because i heard a few no Walt, no, Walt, Walt said that he had to restart he got the blue oh, right. of death. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> but you know to me when i when i look at this on more of a, a a higher level a cosmic level almost you know cuz i think of it well we're back to the philosophy of we've come here to play a particular role and we're here at a very significant time and we're actually making much bigger choices than perhaps seemed to be apparent at the time. I mean, what do you feel about that, Nancy? Do you see that as, as part of this process of choosing whether we're, we're on that path to ascend or whether we want to stay, stay in that 3D at this point? just because we're not ready for that next level. My my, my feeling is we're going to go all together or or not. I mean, I I do differ in that concept of, you know, some people are going to stay behind. Um, I I just, it doesn't jibe with me. I said, no, no, we're going to save everybody. Nobody gets left behind. You know, we can do this. Don't punishing and leaving and they, they'll just go to this new blissful thing, and then if they have to go back and learn lessons that, that are hard, well, then they can go and do it, you know. Um, I, I, don't, I don't go there, but do you know of the black snake prophecy? This is a Hopi prophecy. I, yes, I, I read about that, yes. I can't remember where I saw it. It's probably on Facebook again, but yes. I, I, you know, I And what it says is that when the black snake covers the land, it's the end times. It's the end. And we had a Barbara Threco on with us, and she was saying, it doesn't tell us what the end of what is, you know, but it doesn't look good, especially when you look at this pipeline. But when when you have an indigenous people who understand the connectedness to Mother Earth and, you know, that you're not going to live very long if you don't have the water, and that it's a sacred rite. As a matter of fact, there's a little country of about 23 million, 
2.3 million people, I think it is. Maybe it's more. Yeah, it's 2.3. And Slavo- Slavonia? Slovenia. Sl- so, yeah. Slovenia. They just had a change. They made a change to their constitution that says that it's a human and the people, the, the people in the country, that they have a huge, it's the, their right for clean water. Okay, so it's in the constitution, which now prohibits the privatization of water. Because that's what, what we're really down to. It's not just a matter of the pipeline going under the water and polluting the water. For these people to stand up and say, no, we're going to protect the water, is much more inclusive than just to protect it from a pipeline, I believe. I believe that once this becomes a paramount image in people's minds, how important this this whole issue is, then they're going to throw the Nestle's company out of Florida that has been taking the water in the Florida aquifer and selling it to people, and we get nothing, and they are taking our water, stealing our water. You know, so it, it, it's going to it's going to make the leap where all of a sudden now all of these things that have gotten by us because of all the reasons we can list. When you get to that point, when you realize that you know you have to fight, that if you allow this to happen, if you go any farther down the line, it's like Colleen says, we've already let it go too far. I don't believe we've let it to go go too far. I believe that. You know, this is what's going to force an awakening in human beings, and especially American human beings. Wake up! So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a a really, you know. Just for the record, I said may have, may have, may, may have. have, yeah, may have. <coughs> No, I don't. I don't even want to go to Mayhem. <laughs> so, um, okay. So we've covered a few subjects here. Walt, you want? You, did you? Did did Fulford put out a, a a thing? I didn't see it, but did he? Or did you not? Oh, see there's it? an update, but I'm waiting for the end of the show so I can hear it because uh, only half of the text is offered on the web, so oh. the rest of it is audio. So after the show is over, I'm going to listen to the whole thing. What's he talking about? Same old, same old? Uh, no, he... Hold on a second. I'll tell you right now, I have it here on... Okay. Hold on a second, let me see. Look amongst yourselves. Nancy, can I take this opportunity? (laughs) Say what? Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so I'll read you the first couple of paragraphs. It says, The collective story by which humanity has been herded into the future is undergoing a pole shift, and the old reality is fading rapidly. The story by which the world, especially the Western world, has been living in was one of never-ending war and terror, an engineered clash between Islam and Christianity. The mass-murdering criminals whose, in quotation, social engineering 
has perpetuated the story are being hunted down and killed or else are under house arrest or in hiding. One of the most senior members of the cabal behind the atrocities in Syria and elsewhere, Bishop Javier Echevarria, the head of the fascist Opus Dei Vatican organization, was killed last week after he tried to overturn the election of Donald Trump as President of the United States. Pentagon sources say, the Vatican says he died of natural causes. Three independent sources, one CIA, one Pentagon, and one bloodline, are also saying that David Rockefeller and Nathaniel Rothschild, the respective bloodline leaders of the U.S. and the the EU, were also killed last week. No confirmation of this has been obtained as of the time of this writing from either the Rockefeller or the Rothschild families. The sources also say the Clintons, the Bushes, Senator John McCain, and many other cabal leaders are under house arrest and are only allowed out under carefully chaperoned circumstances pending their war crime trials. We certainly hope these trials will materialize But in any case, it is very clear that the people who have been running the planet, in in, uh, parentheses, especially the West, until now are in a state of deep panic. Part of the reason for the panic is that an updated membership list of the Committee of 300, the secret government of the West, has been made public. And he gives a link, and I checked it, and true, it is there. The fact is that even if these people are now backing away from the never-ending war on terror scenario and are instead pushing for a global carbon tax, they have been so incompetent at ruling this planet that they have provoked a mass popular uprising against the rule. And then he shows here a tweet uh, on an account allegedly put up by Anna the Rothschild, captures the sentiment, and the text reads... I'd like your entire bloodline to be executed on live TV. Called me (laughs) old-fashioned. And the rest is, I have to listen to the audio. So they're not winning any any fans anytime soon. (laughs) Well, Dave also said that the cabal was running scared. He He confirmed that. Dave Corso, when he was, when he was talking to us. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at if you look at what Fulford says, and to me, he has not had a very good track record. He says a lot of things that I don't yeah, think. No, even he says even he said it that he hopes these trials materialize. He's not saying they're going to happen. So right, but what 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 I'm what I'm suggesting here is that the man is definitely connected, and that he's. He's been out there for a long time, you know, and he does give some very very interesting information and detailed information that most of the rest of us couldn't check one way or the other. However, what I see is, again, alternatives to Donald Trump ever taking over. I mean, because understand the Oval Office, if we understand it to be the Oval Office as perceived within the Constitution created by the founding fathers okay that that has been occupied since the <clears throat> well at least since the early 30s by a corporation okay so it's it was taken over by a corporation but if we get the republic back 
And, you know, I mean, that's basically what, what's being talked about is that now people are understanding, you know, it was a, a, a corporation has taken over and the republic is dead in the water. We can revive it. We can bring it back. And maybe just listening to what he's talking about, you know, that all these people are either dead or imprisoned already, you know, that that's as likely as Trump being elected, uh, actually taking the oath of office. He can take <laughs> an oath of office for the president of the corporation. But somebody well, needs to be in charge of the republic. When you consider that somebody on the other side is unable to give you any definitives, what do you expect of a human writer? <laughs> I don't expect I know. That. <laughs> I know. So that on itself, that never, when when uh, I, I heard the recording of Dolly relaying that message from Dave, uh, it never gave me any sense of fear or doubt or dread. On the contrary, it actually gave me a lot of hope because if the outcome is all riding on people's focus and consciousness, well, more the better because more and more people are waking up. And it's and all it takes, that's why I always go back and quote or mention in Elia's book, the uh, interview with a psychic assassin, one person waking up is impacting thousands of people around them. It's like a domino effect. It's just expanding like ripples on a lake. That's why that woman existed to go around scanning the collective. And if anybody started waking up, they would, she, that was her job to go there and kill them. Now one single person was impacting thousands of others. And now people are waking up in mass. You think you can stop it? I don't think so. So if things are right, if the outcomes of things are riding on people's consciousness and their focus and they're working together, that's beautiful. That gives me tons of hope. So that was nice when uh, uh, Dolly relayed that from Dave. Yep, yep. Look, we got a message from Max. I'm just going to read it so I don't forget. Um, he says, our call fell through, but just after I hung up, a gentleman introduced himself and I had my first conversation with one of the other passengers on the train so since since that was one of the things I was really looking forward to doing this trip I think it was a, a he says traction working to bring me the things I wanted more right in this minute okay so if something happened that was bringing him he didn't need to do the radio show he needed to talk to that man I do look forward to a rescheduling, and I'm sorry that the train didn't have Wi-Fi. Looking forward to talking to you all real soon, and it's signed Max. So um, at least he's doing fine. He's on the train, and he just, you know, met somebody that probably he needed to hear something from or they needed to hear something from him. So good, 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 good. Serendipity. Yeah, yeah. Um. I was going to ask you, um, Nancy, as seems an opportune moment, what do you think, I haven't had a chance to read into this Antarctica thing with the, the discovery of the, um, you know, this underground, potentially Atlantis ruin. Um, and of course, I know you shared stuff that I've read about Antarctica having all sorts of significance in terms of what's really going on there. What's the latest on that? On Antarctica? Hmm. 
Um, I don't. Well, it depends on where where you left the story because I'm trying to think how far it was now. It was a couple of weeks ago. We did a whole show on it because of. Well, Walt, do you do you remember? I mean, you want to go? You want to tell Jan about it, or you want me to? Uh, well, the the thing that we discussed was uh, most of the material put out by David Wilcock in his second part, where um, he uh, toward the end of that second part, he's having a dialogue with Corey Good. Uh, I don't know if Janet is familiar with this man, Corey Good. Yes, so, I am. Okay, and what they were sharing information back and forth. And essentially what they're saying is you're already familiar with the Admiral Byrd, you know, event where he got his ass handed to him in a silver platter because when he went down there, he was confronted by these Nazi UFOs and he came back, you know, scared after what he saw. Uh, So what they're saying, these guys are saying is that for decades, they have been uh, digging under the ice shelf, which in some parts is more than a mile thick. Uh, they're using very powerful steam equipment to excavate the ice. And they're uncovering uh, remnants of an ancient civilization there. Uh, the reason uh, they... Uh, Wilcock is saying that prior to the uh, Atlantean civilization, you had these... Uh, imi- uh, space immigrants, so to speak, or refugees that came to Earth after the destructions that happened here in the solar system. Uh, over the millions of years, there have been, you know, major destructive events like destruction of Meldic, which became the asteroid belt. Then Mars got destroyed. We've covered that story. Uh, Simon Parks and Randy Kramer had a, a, a whole show with Alfred Weber, about that event and how it came about. So I filled the gaps of what happened with that, with the information in the, that RAM material, the Law of One books, where Ra explains that, you know, yes, after the destruction of Mars, all those uh, refugees were brought to the Earth. So here, Wilcock is kind of completing that story by saying, yeah, they came specifically to the continent that is now the South Pole because they were looking to uh, find the uh, technology of the builders, the builder race, which uh, passed through the solar system something like 8 million years ago. And they left behind a ton of uh, not only their structures, but a lot of their technology buried uh, underground. So these are the guys that came and started manipulating humanity and, uh, they, they, he calls them pre-Adamites, and they did survive to this day. And these are, he claims that uh, they can't go out in public without covering their hair because that have that noticeable elongated rear part of their cranium. Uh, he's he shows a picture of a, of a cardinal, you know, wearing his mitre, I believe it's called the, that headpiece that extends back, like the headpiece on pharaohs that would cover the back of the hair. Uh, he says these are the survivors of those refugees, and they're down there because they they're claiming that they have a right to all the technology that they're uncovering down there. So the conversation between Good and Wilcock is that these guys are have been uncovering all these ruins, 
whatever's on the surface got destroyed. Uh, they say that the continent got flash frozen because, again, some other uh, artificially made disaster tilted the earth, and that continent, which used to be subtropical, is now sitting there where the pole is, and they got flash frozen. So that's why they are finding animals, flora and fauna, frozen in time, inside the ice, because it all happened very quickly. So now these guys are and there. People. I'm sorry? And people, they have people, people frozen there. Correct. So one of the things that they're saying is that one of the plans of the cabal is to portray themselves as heroes to the rest of humanity. You know, the, the old distraction trick, like when Nasara was going to be revealed and declared, they came up with a Twin Towers attack. So the, the whole world got distracted by that and they had to shelve, you know, put it up on mothballs. They, they wouldn't, nobody could declare Nasara. So what they're thinking of doing is to distract people from the thought of taking them to trial for all the crimes they committed, we're going to say, oh, look, we are uncovering all of this and in the Arctic, and there's all this all this knowledge and information and, and all of this ancient ruins that we're finding. So what they want to do is a kind of soft, highly controlled disclosure so that they're disclosing the fact that they have extraterrestrial technology and the ability to travel around the solar system in minutes um, in their terms. So, like, they're the heroes. We're bringing the solution to mankind. Solution to what? You're the ones who put mankind in the misery that they're living now. So the groups that are involved don't want that. They don't want a partial disclosure. They want full disclosure. Yes, you guys are a bunch of criminals. There's no other way to paint to describe that. So that's what they said that they're finding... Uh, tons of ruins. Every day they're uncovering more stuff, but they're also taking all the technology that they're finding, they're taking it to their labs because they have, according to the description, hundreds of underground labs where they're analyzing everything they're finding. So, and he says that's why they're giving tours to certain <laughs> celebrities like Buzz Aldrin, who was there. <clears throat> he says whatever they're showing him is just sterilized, you know, sanitized ruins with no technology in them. They're just showing it to him. Yeah, this is so many years old. Um, but the truth is that, well, whatever was there, they, they're taking it and they're analyzing it. So this is the... Uh, when Nancy and, and had the chance to question Dave about what he could say about the Antarctic, um, he didn't give names, but he said that there's a group there that needs to learn to play nice, meaning that they're not so nice. They're not there for everyone's best interest. So it seems that whatever is there in the Antarctic is not just one single group. There are several interests being represented there because, um, and David Wilcock also confirms this, uh, Fulford said in one of his previous posts that, uh, John Kerry went there to the Arctic to see if he could find the right of world for his cabal buddies. He got turned down, so then he went to the uh, Vatican to request uh, asylum for his cabal buddies. 
Ali got turned down again. So he seems to be running all over the planet looking for a ticket out of here. And Simon Parks made a very good common sense comment on regarding this particular issue of these cabal uh, big wigs trying to escape the planet. Uh, they've been locked down because there's this movement to bring them to justice. So that's why they can't hide underground, they can't leave the planet. But Simon Parks had a very valid point. He says, so fine, let them leave the planet. You know, once they're evil and their negativity, negativity leave, then wars are going to dry up. Unfairness, injustice, you know, a wholesale destruction of nature is going to stop because their evil is no longer on the planet. And as he was saying those words, I thought, Well, just because they're being allowed off planet doesn't mean the ship is going to reach their destination, right? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> just putting that out there. <laughs> so fine, let them leave. So there you have it, Jan, in a nutshell. <laughs> What's happening Thank down you. there? Thank you. And I, you know, I see that it's coming out into the mainstream media as well, which is interesting. So maybe it is that uh, agenda, as you were saying, Walt, of um, partial disclosure to yeah. drip feed out this information to make people look at it without being completely blown off their <laughs> um, balance, um, as it were. What's also really interesting is that when the ladies were getting that information from Dave, Uh, he did say that um, there are people in the North Pole. There are groups in the North Pole, but those are good groups. Those are groups that are interested in helping humanity and helping the world. It's these guys in the Antarctic, in the South Pole, that are not so savory and are really out for themselves. But it's more than one group. It's just not one Like I said, it's not just one single group down there. It seems that there are several different interests being represented down there. Um, we've already discussed this in, in one of the shows with Nancy when the subject of, uh, you must have heard this as well, the whole subject of the black goo thing, that the, the Falklands War with Argentina had everything to do with that, with that. No, I haven't heard that, actually. Yeah, but that was a subject for a whole show. Uh, you know who? You can find it. Um, one of your compadres has done a great uh, show on it. Um, Miles Johnston. Uh huh. He's got uh, okay. in, in YouTube. He's got several. I think it's like four or five. It's a show that's broken up into four or five episodes where he's interviewing a young man, and they're discussing this black rule and the things that happened in Britain when they brought over the black rule from this Argentine, there was this Argentine base in this teeny tiny island, and that's what these guys were doing. They were extracting this black hole and they were analyzing it. Um, it was, what was it, Nancy? It was brought over to a telecommunication company in England? Company Marconi. that dealt Marconi. Listen, I'll tell you, better than Miles, I think that I will send you the link to our radio program on it. Because mm, yes, while, while we were doing the, uh, the radio program, We essentially, I don't know if we did it live or we related getting rid of the, the black goo. 
it's no longer the problem. There's other black goose, goose, but the one that he's talking about just off the coast of Antarctica. And that was a fascinating radio program. So I will give you the link for our show. And then you can go to Miles and see if, if, if he's got more information. Um, we're getting to the top of the hour. Is there something that you'd like to address to the, uh, you know, to the audience here? Anything that's on your mind? Do you want to, you know? Talk? Are you talking to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, no, I just think I think this whole, you know, culmination of 2016 is so interesting. Um, we're hoping to get um, Joseph. Oh gosh, Garby on the show together, aren't we, Nancy? Who's a numerologist right. soon? Um, and this whole thing about the year being a nine year and being a year of closure and completion and 2017 being a one year of whole new start to me is really fascinating to see what's going on at the moment and, um, you know, what to look forward to and to really set our intentions for in 2017. So um, I'd like to take the opportunity of wishing everybody a very Happy Christmas if they celebrate, happy holidays and happy times and a wonderful New Year celebration. And I'm just um, in great anticipation as, as to what's to come in the following year. Well, Dave was very excited about 2017. Very excited. So I'm excited if Dave is excited. <laughs> and if you're excited, I'm really excited. How about you, Walter? Are you excited? <laughs> I just want the year to be over. Thank you very much. Oh come on, you had a good year. You, um, you well, you survived it, didn't you? Yeah, survival is good. Yeah, that's it. We'll <laughs> go with that. It was good surviving. <laughs> and Colleen, it's been a challenging year for a lot of people, actually. But I, when people say, you know, how are you? I say, well, I'm still here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Colleen, what about you? You got anything you want to add? What do you? What's coming up here? You must be re replaying, yes? Oh, she's gotten into those cookies again. Oh shoot! I was unmuted and then muted myself. <laughs> um, yeah, this? I'm gonna do some uh, replays of the shows that I played today, and while I'm doing that, I'll be editing Dolly's show and this show and getting them back into the player to play later tonight. And uh, if I find any interesting uh, 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 YouTube lives, or, or not YouTube lives, Facebook live mm, broadcasts, I'll play those and put them in there this evening as well. Because I've been... Uh, I became friends with a lot of the, well, a lot, several of the people who are at Standing Rock. And uh, they do, the, you know, the drone streams and the uh, live Facebook things and some YouTubes, giving you a little bit more of information every day. And sometimes they have some really good points that they talk about. And uh, so I put those on. And that you guys hear firsthand instead of me trying to decipher the information and get it to you. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, everybody out there, you've got Christmas coming up, and there's Hanukkah. And I really, I, I know what Christmas is about, but Hanukkah is confusing to me. So I think I'm going to have to learn more about it. Now, it didn't confuse me before because it didn't seem to show up exactly when Christmas did. It was just another Jewish holiday. <laughs> but the fact it showed, I don't ever remember it being, you know, virtually on the same 24 hours. And um, so all you people out there that, that do the Hanukkah, and there were other religions that sort of we used to say about, you know, I don't even remember what they were at Christmas time. You remember when when there was it wasn't just Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah it was also Kanzanza or something. Oh Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Well, in Argentina, Santa Claus never brought, brought gifts to the uh, to the children. I mean, when I, I grew up in the '60s, we never expected gifts for Christmas. What we expected is, uh, I believe it's if I'm remembering right, it's January the sixth. It's the day of the wise men. When the wise men visited baby Jesus, that's when kids get gifts. January sixth. So wow. I, I never grew up with the tradition of getting anything for Christmas because you have to wait for the day of the wise men. That's when you get your gift. And, and is there Santa Claus in Argentina? Well, now guess what? If this makes any sense to you, thanks to the existence of the internet, they're celebrating absurd, absurd things like. Halloween. What does Halloween have to do with Hispanic culture? That's something that's entirely, you know, Anglo. It has to do with Old Hallows Eve and, you know, the the European Anglo-Saxon culture. You're, you're celebrating Halloween? What does that have to do with you guys? So all these crazy, you know, all the, all the commercial holidays that you have here in the U.S., they're being adopted there. So Santa Claus might be alive and well in Argentina, too? I don't know. So, <laughs> that's that's uh-huh. Argentina for you. They they adopt. It. If something is from the outside of Argentina, it's good. Let's do it. If something was created, designed, or invented in Argentina, no, that's crap. Let's ignore that. It that psychology has always been there because you see, and I and I said this a million times, Argentina is not a country. It's a colony. It's a colony. The the, the the Nazis proved it. It's not a country. It's a, it's a bunch of people of different belief systems and different ideologies just sharing the same geographic place. Well, that sounds just like humanity on the face of the planet. And we are at the top of the hour, so we're going to say adios. Dana, thank you so much. Max, have a great trip. Sorry we didn't, it didn't work out, but it worked out for you, and that's what's important here. Um, We'll be on Wednesday. Uh, Jan, I think you're uh, hoping you're going to come on tomorrow with us at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern with uh, World Talk. And you are listening to a Haggy Shack production of Cosmic Reality Radio Show. You can go to Haggy Shack and you can donate. And if you put $30 or more, she'll take five. She'll take whatever you've got. Just put the energy out there. But if you put in 30 or more, you're going to get three Strongite stickers from us guys at CosmicReality.net. And you can reach Jan and uh, find out more about what the, she and Bill are doing over at asmilingworld.org. Asmilingworld.org. Appreciate you guys. And Max is the Max, the, the blind blogger. Just look up blind blogger. Max Ivy. 
Anything else, guys? We good? No. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you, audience. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and hopefully we'll see you next week before the new year. <laughs> Colleen, thank you so very much. Be safe, and um, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. Produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart as a